Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to X Stories, formerly known as Sex Stories, a podcast where I hope people want to tell me their most personal appreciations and challenges and dreams when it comes to connecting with other lovely humans. And it is also my hope that talking about this stuff here helps us ignite our personal and collective creativity so that we can make a more compassionate, loving world together. I mean, would there even be war if everyone was getting properly laid? If everyone felt properly connected, because it's not, yes, connection, sex, there's often overlap. Not everyone wants it, but a lot of people I talk to, if they don't have, you know, all the components in their life, usually there is some desire for some sort of like deep personal satisfaction. So this episode has listener questions, celebrations, even a voice memo story, plus last month's bucket list recaps and February's bucket list wishes. Those are mine. You know, so it's a whole mixture of all of us. I'll dive right in. January recap. Inflatable butt plug? Did it. Yep. Story details are on Patreon. More details, one might call it mm, erotic documentary if you want to go along for the ride, is on OnlyFans.com slash Y-O-L-E. I fucking love inflatable butt plugs. <laughs> like, I love the, well, you can go get the details. Nurse fantasy? Yep. Completed. It also included, should I say how much? It, it was definitely not, I mean, yes, I was a nurse. I was the nurse in training. It included you know, two other partners and a medical fantasy. And also it led to my first time with a strap on, which was next level hot as fuck. And I really do love opportunistically crossing off bucket list items. Like I think that is the hardest part about being like, what do I want to do in February? I really like being open, but also at the same time, the goal is to get all the hundreds of items organized and then create opportunity for other people to invite me. So I got to do that with a strap-on with a friend who knew that I hadn't used one, and damn, I felt so hot. So again, details are on Patreon. I also played with my glass dildo. Details are on Patreon. I also 
have been creating and sharing more for OnlyFans. So those details are on OnlyFans. The most recent stuff goes on OnlyFans.com slash Yoli, and then my unlockables one by one. I mean, it's just a lot to upload everything everywhere all at once, especially when I am traveling lots of places and doing lots of shoots and shooting other people and shooting myself and getting post-production stuff covered. But damn, it's been really good, and I'm so excited to share everything. So that'll be coming out the next month or two, depending on where you're looking. And I also have been practicing my irresistible invitations and like giving and receiving, right? So that's been a really interesting, fun filter. I do talk about some of the specifics of my noticings around that on Patreon in this month's update episode. And I really love that that's my theme of 2024. And if you have been giving and or receiving irresistible invitations to the people in your life, or even just thinking about them, I would love to hear how that's landing on you, how it's causing you to think about it, because it's been heavily influencing me in terms of filtration. So it's very, very interesting. And also in me can inspire a, oh no, I'm taking too long to perfect this, you know, so finding that kind of happy medium there and also just creating more awareness around what I haven't been offering to others and also helping me filter the really resistible invitations. Because I do like to give my time and energy away, maybe a little too much, and this is really helping me be like, well, is this person giving me as much thought as I would offer at a baseline level? So love that. Also, I had a great, great, I left room for inspiration surprise from a partner. I was surprised by a partner visiting town when I didn't know they were going to visit. And our connection together, like our physical connection, emotional connection is good. I was always there. But like the excitement, but the physical excitement had to do with orgasms. Details are on Patreon. It was really hot. I also was surprised by a lot of sex toys from the expos. So that was another thing that I'm like, I didn't even know I was going to go to a and &E. I didn't know I was going to go to the Vibe Expo. I had so much fun. I met a lot of cool, sexy people, both like from brands, other creators, other like experts in the field. So I am crafting all my irresistible invitations. I received some irresistible invitations and I received a lot of sex toys that I wasn't expecting to receive. And that this is very exciting. So I've been working my way through those that has also been helping my OnlyFans explorations. And I really do love <laughs> applying all of my nerdy, sexy sex stories noticings to all of the documentary content that I am creating for my online video platforms for fans. <laughs> so on that note, also, it was an incredibly full month between getting sick, going to these expos, all the recordings we did, all of the shoots that I did with people. And on top of that, you may have noticed sex stories is now X stories. So there was kind of a, not exactly last minute, because again, we've been talking about renaming it, but we're in a rebranding. We're still in the thick of it. And, you know, part of that is because I do want this podcast to continue. I want it to be a viable creative project. And I also want to reach people, right? So on Spotify, we were getting so deeply censored. I had a friend who was staying with me for a few days. Oh, yeah. I also had multiple house guests. Damn, January was busy. I had a friend staying with me and we were looking for sex stories on Spotify and it didn't show up at all. Not in the podcast section, not anywhere. And I have had so many people in the last year be like, why did you quit? And I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> so if you listen on Spotify or even if you have Spotify, if you can go find X stories. It's just the letter X stories. If you can't find it, type in Y-O-W-Y-O-H. Like that name exists because of search engine optimization, right? So 
if you can help us boost the star rating up to a five, if you don't like it, please don't go review it. But we definitely got attacked by trolls sometime between January a year ago and the summer. Our Spotify rating dropped from a four point something to a two point nine. You know, and Apple's still fine, right? And if you rate and review on Apple, that's also very appreciated. I do love reading your reviews. But definitely there are people that are whatever. It's, and it does affect the algorithm. And I think it led us to being shadow banned. And then that is creating more complicated situations when it comes to brand partnerships. So in the background, I've been working on all of that. And Kimberly and I spent so much of this past week, you know, going back through and looking at our titles, looking at our descriptions. That's still a work in progress, but it's been very interesting to basically take the last five years of research I have been doing. It almost feels like a test, like how neurotypical and euphemistic can you be? You know, after I've been doing this deep research that I finally like realize I'm like, oh, most people don't do this deep research. They just talk to each other and are somehow on the same page and then they fuck, you know, they can just go to a sex party and be like, you know, wiggle their tongues and then suddenly they're inside each other, you know, and and of course the times I've tried to do that have resulted in STI. So I'm like, all right, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe that's not my path. So I've been thinking a lot deeply about how to show up in this world where clearly we're, you know, in a new era collectively, at least in the United States, there are so many articles that are like, oh my god, polyamory is a thing. It's so mainstream. It's so this, it's so that. And I'm like, "Mm, I wouldn't describe it as mainstream. You know, even in the bubble that I'm in, I feel like a lot of the discussion around polyamory and open relationships still has a lot to do with jealousy or people are like, I'm in an open relationship. And it's like, not my definition of an open relationship. You know, so it's like in this era where there really are no norms, like everything is niched down and algorithmic, people still like to pretend like there's norms. And so that for me as a person who's been in a very sexy bubble with all of these, I guess, very naughty words, but I'm like, the tone of sex stories has never been naughty. Like, X stories is cool, right? Because I get to invite more people into the conversation. So maybe people who didn't want to talk about their sex lives, of course, I know that all of you out there probably like sexy details like me, but also it's always been about adding emotional context to the interpersonal for me and figuring out the words and the communication that actually turn people on, whether that is sexually or energetically and arouses someone enough to want to engage in a deeper relationship, right? A deeper connection and, or just be on the same page, right? Like I love talking to people who are into casual stuff. I'm not a super casual person because I'm sort of like, well, I have a lot to offer. I'm very generous. And if you are just looking for like a fill in the blank body, uh, no thanks. If you just think I'm nice, But no thanks. I want people who want to invest in me in the same way that I want to invest in them. And so all of that is to say this whole rebranding has been very interesting and trying to figure out what words are okay to say in what context has been very interesting. You know, and so I've been doing a lot of deep dive research, looking at the more like brand safe sex related podcasts, looking at articles, looking at how journalists write and realizing, you know, I think the shifts that I'm making, I'm like, oh, okay. So it doesn't matter that my tone is respectful, professional, not salacious. You know, I'm not like, hey, so cutie. <laughs> Thanks for coming on my podcast today. You're so cute. Do you want to tell me your sexy stories? Like, What really turns you on? You know, like that's never been what sex stories is. I'm always like, okay, so we're going to say anal sex. We're going to say triple penetration. We're going to say all of these words out loud, but it's this kind of tone. 
And I always assumed that tone was a factor, but I'm like, okay, I guess when it's just words, like nobody at these various ad servers are going to go listen or kind of differentiate, right? In some ways, context is important. In other ways, it's like if you have a certain word, it's just bad, wrong, naughty, which I assume is like a holdover from our puritanical culture. It's very hard for me to figure out since I was not raised with you know, debilitating shame. <laughs> in its own way, that's kind of its own little, like, difficulty in this human life. I don't know if any of you out there, well, no, I feel like when I talk to a lot of people, they're like, yeah, no, shame's never been an issue for me. I'm fine. So maybe it's about expectations. It's another part of irresistible invitations. All that is to say, sex stories, X stories is in progress. And the coolest part of it is I am excited to refine and share and dive into all of the question lists that I developed for sex stories in the park over the summer. I don't think I'll be going back to the park anytime soon. I noticed that it attracts company that just wants to hang out with me and not share stories and it's not what I want. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to get better at crafting irresistible invitations. But it's like, you know, some of the stories were good. Some of them were just like not what we needed. So if you visit yole.com slash share or sexstoriespodcast.com or now xstoriespodcast.com, you'll eventually find all the questions. And I love it when people answer a specific question or when I just get to hear their deep noodle thoughts on something. I love the concept of you can tell me anything for five minutes, like focus on one question for five minutes. I'd love to hear your actual thoughts and answers. I love receiving those voice memos and I'd like to receive more of them that I can share publicly. The whole point of having SpeakPipe there is that we share publicly. So that's the podcast update. Sex Stories is in general going to stay the same, although I am constantly practicing letting go of my own controlling tendencies. And my goal this year is to just follow along the pieces that other people are most excited about. So I'm also updating the application so that it can reflect, you know, what people actually want to talk about more. I know not everyone wants to get into their backstory. I love backstories. I know that some people don't want to share as many specifics in terms of sexy details, but I'm really hoping to get deeper emotional context. I also think it's very funny because I've noticed that sometimes when people are like trying to share efficiently, they just gloss over any details. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, what did you like about it? You tell us it's good, but that doesn't really tell us anything other than, you know, you're conveying a, a general neutral positive, but like what was good about it, you know? And so I'm always looking for greater detail greater specificity and just kind of the emotional components of our experiences on this planet. The other thing is in December, I said I was going to grad school. In January, I started grad school the same week. It was like, oh no, you have to switch the podcast now and you have to do all this rebranding now. And also you have opportunities for these other two jobs. And also you want to do this book, right? This book you've been working on? Well, actually you could focus on it right now. And there's a time sensitive. So mid-January, like I was like, I've just been healthy for a week. It was like a confluence of wonderful creative opportunities as I was starting my two new classes. So I'm actually taking a pause on grad school. And it was interesting because there was a big part of me that felt like such a failure. It was a big tease to like, get my syllabi and look at all the syllabi. And like the topic of every week was so exciting to me. And I'm so excited to be in community with other sex nerds learning these things. And I also just forgot that in school, it's like a thing to have hundreds of pages of reading every week. And, you know, it's been 12 years since I was in school. And also the online platform of Canvas. It was a whole new learning curve. And so like trying to navigate that and then accidentally missing assignments because the next button is at the bottom, but you have to click the done button at the top and all. It was an intense middle week of January. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm pausing this because the whole point of going to get the learnings from me are not the degree, not the credentials, 
although maybe that will be important at some point. But I'm like, people already treat me like an authority. People already ask me lots of questions. None of this is related to work for me. Like, this is all, I mean, it's becoming increasingly work-related, but, like, none of my creative clients give a shit if I have a master's or not. I just want to learn. And I want to learn and grow in an environment that is awesome. You know, and then I started to think about, I want to get laid this year. I didn't get laid as much as I wanted to last year. I did a pretty good job. And I had some really phenomenal, I did have a really hot girl summer. And I've been doing better overall. Like if we look at the time since things with my former dom ended and this past year, still definitely on the up and up. But like, I'm a greedy girl, I guess. I want even more. And I do want school. But I don't want school at the expense of my creative projects or my sex life, especially if I have to choose between like a couple intense days a week where I'm like staring into a screen reading and then like, you know, thinking about sex and talking to other people about sex. I mean, I already do that a lot. But what if I could use those two days to, I don't know, pursue partnership that will be on camera with me? and or wants to invest in my future in concrete ways, and or I get to get fucked and cross off more bucket list items. So I guess in some ways you could say I'm pausing grad school this semester, planning to start back up in the summer. Divine timing, I trust it. You know, so I can get my OnlyFans up and running. Because it really has been so deeply nourishing to get to go to these beautiful locations and actually like work on stuff with people, including my own stuff, not just facilitating other people's projects finally getting that started and I'm bringing in partners maybe not February but probably March we'll see and then just with the podcast stuff it was sort of like oh I need we Kimberly and I handled everything we spent so many we spent the whole weekend on the computer handling titles and updating stuff and doing kind of this switch over on the back end that you guys hopefully please tell me if any episodes are not showing up or if anything looks weird I know a bunch of descriptions are missing from some of them right now but like all the files should be there. So, you know, I don't know. I don't think any of you are going back into the deep. Well, and actually, that's not true. A lot of you go back into the deep archives because new people find us all the time and start at either end of the spectrum. I mean, that's the great thing, right? Starting at either end is great. So that's kind of the end of housekeeping right now. And I just think I wanted to share that with you to sort of normalize stuff can change. And in fact, I think we live in a time where so much changes all the time and everything moves so fast and there's such a pressure to show up in so many spaces. And it's like, oh, everything's automated. Everything's so much easier. And it's like, well, well I don't know, one million automations doesn't mean I have time in my life for one million things, you know, and I'm hyperbolizing there. But it's also like, I don't know, especially when the automations on the platforms on the computer don't integrate and then there's glitches and then iOS 17 causes all these other funny things. You know, like I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try to be a human. And also I want to go out into the world and touch some dirt now and then. But really, I need some like 3D touching and fucking and community. And I got a lot of that this January and I'm so excited for what's coming up in February. So here are my February bucket list wishes. And again, Wishes are always open to surprise. Okay, Feather is on here again. I didn't get the Feather. <laughs> I forgot the Feather. I thought I ordered a Feather. And then I was like, no, that's stupid. I live right by a lot of Feathers. So I didn't do that. Anyway, going to do the Feather. Going to do some sensation play. And I will be in a place with partners where I think that's going to be fun and possible. To a degree that it wasn't in January. So again, I trust the divine timing of the unfoldings. <laughs> What's for me will always find me in divine timing. Kimberly actually is responsible for this one. I have taken this ball or rather heart and run with it. it heart masturbation toys. Kimberly was like, what if there's like a realistic 
heart that you can like fuck. And so I found a humping heart and then also a heart that is stabbed by a knife that's a dildo. Like that, I was like very creative, interesting. I don't know how it will feel to be fucked with that, but I am color me curious, right? And then there also were some cutesy hearts ones and some other things, you know, so I'm not sure I might order some more things, but I feel like that's good to start with. And then I am also going to Mexico in February with a couple of friends. And I think I'd like to seduce a stranger while there. Obviously, safety first. I'm a safety first kind of lady. Sometimes I say I am Mrs. Safety. I also want to finish up using and exploring the rest of my new toys from the expos. And I've already started to reuse some of them, you know, because it's like, it's just like with a new partner. Obviously, the first time is exciting, but it's like you're just getting to know them. So I am excited to continue to explore with the toys that I do have. I'm excited to acquire new toys. I'm excited to clean out my house. That's another big thing that's been on my list for literally years. You know, I do it in small pieces, but there's a big clean out necessary. And I sort of realized, I'm like, oh, it's because I need more room for toys. My wardrobe that has my sex toy spots is kind of full. It's also kind of like hard to get to. What sort of sex toy storage do I want? I dream a lot about storage and suitcases and storage that could turn into suitcases. And I'm like, should I go develop some suitcases? That wouldn't get censored. That would be an easier. But I'm like, no, no more new projects right now. <clears throat> I also want to rewrite my FetLife profile. Does this belong on a bucket list? But this is getting me to the bucket list. So rewrite the FetLife profile. I want to reflect my work kink, my money kink. I want to talk about the fact that I am an erotic photo dom. Only a few of you know about that. <laughs> and I do want to maybe, you know, put it out there, maybe make invitations to foot people. Ultimately, the larger part of this goal is to organize and share my bucket list in bite-sized pieces that feel comfy. So I'm still figuring out what to share where and also with like the eyes of brands on me right now. I'm like, okay, I want to be my full self. But maybe I'll put all of the invitation details or bucket list fantasy details on FetLife. And then I'll do the Mad Libs version on my website, on the blog, Patreon. I love the idea of having a bucket list blog because I want to be able to be like, hey, potential collaborator, you can look at all of the things that I have done and liked and or am into because it's obviously, you know, just because I've tried something on my bucket list doesn't mean that's hopefully this is not the last nurse role play I'll ever do because we didn't do it wasn't sexy. I mean, it was quite literally very sexy nurse role play, but we were more in the vein of scrubs than like, you know, full outfit, like slutty, you know, and I do have a slutty nurse outfit. So I'm like, I want to wear that one for somebody, not just for a photo shoot where I take it off. I want to find a naughty patient. So putting all of that out there, what I've done, what I've loved, what I would do again, and also what I still want to cross off is a giant project that I, with my little habits, make even more gigantic. I'm just going to keep putting that on my list bit by bit. It'll be there. Maybe I need to find a bucket list dom. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what that exactly means, but I have several ideas, too many ideas. And, you know, in that same vein, should I get a Valentine? Maybe I should get a Valentine. It is February. I think I will be in a situation where I can like have cute Valentines, but I also don't understand what it means to have a Valentine. Like the most classic Valentine I had, I definitely remember fifth grade, this boy, Keith, who was in my class gave me a box of chocolates, like, you know, a little C's candy box, but that's a big deal for a fifth grader, and a card, and he told me that I had angel hair, and he had such a crush on me, and that was the first time I had ever received, like, direct attention or admiration, you know, as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, and I didn't know what to do with it, and I, I think I had sort of like, ooh, reaction, but also I, I didn't, 
did I have a crush on him? I liked him. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what anything was from that time. But I'm like, okay, so we're Valentine. And I always was like, well, so what does that mean? You know, same with people who were girlfriends and boyfriends in elementary school. I was like, but what does it mean? And here I am still trying to figure out the adult version. I'm like, okay, so you guys love each other deeply. You committed to each other for the rest of your life. And yet you don't feel you can like talk deeply anymore because there's this phenomenon in the world where the closer you get to someone, the less you want to share vulnerably. Like you, you're really vulnerable at first and then you go a backlash and now you don't fuck. And people are like, why? Why are you single? Why don't you get partnered up? But I'm like, <laughs> the married ones don't seem to have as much sex as I want to have. Some of you do. I hear from you and that is very inspiring. I'm not saying never. I'm just saying probably never. <laughs> so maybe I'll get a Valentine. I don't know. Maybe I'll figure out what Valentine means. Maybe getting a Valentine in this bucket list exploration just means finding someone to fuck on Valentine's Day. Maybe that's a Valentine. I don't know. Maybe there's a way to make a heart shape. Nope. Nope. Too creative. Okay. Let's stay focused. I also still want to measure genitals. So I did. Today is February 1st as I am recording this. Happy measure of penis day. You will be listening to this after that. I do have my penis measuring kits ready. I have a couple people that are interested. We couldn't line up the schedules yet. So maybe I'll just spend the next year measuring penises. I think just like with Valentine's Day, every day is a day of love. Every day is a day of like honoring, cherishing, appreciating your partner or your crush or your girlfriend or boyfriend or they friend or Spanx friend or whatever, you know, every day is measure a penis day. Every day is worship a pussy day in my book. So still that's on my list. And I do have these cute little measuring kits from one condom that I do want to use and give away and offer to people. The irresistible invitation for the penis measuring might be me as a scientist doing a role play. That could be very fun. I need a situation in which multiple penis owners want to be around me naked all at once. And then I haven't put this on my bucket list yet, but I am open to an alien. I mean, no, this is on my big long bucket list, but publicly I haven't prioritized this. But I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to prioritize an alien sci-fi robot role play, especially after talking to Fancy Feast. I'm like, oh, yeah, I really want to get into like robots. I've done some statue stuff, but I would love to ideally film some like slutty sci-fi role play. That's my jam. Maybe just a photo shoot for now, but maybe all of it. I want to find partners who are into that weird sort of stuff. Is it weird? It's not that weird. I feel like a lot of sci-fi people are very sexy, especially anyone who likes Robert Heinlein. I feel like we're on the same wavelength. (laughs) Non-super sexy, but like maybe kind of, I gotta do my taxes. I always try to do my taxes in February. I want to also irresistibly invite people to leave X stories, a five-star rating and a nice review, especially the ratings on Spotify. They matter so much, but also wherever people get their podcasts. So I'm going to be figuring out more and more how to be like, hello, like what is an irresistible way to do something that like, I know nobody wants to take six to nine seconds to like scroll to the bottom of the, you know, because you have to go out of the episode, you have to poke the actual name of the podcast, and then you have to actually find where it is and hit the stars. It's not actually that hard if I do it with people in person, but I understand there's like a resistance hump there. So I'm like, what is an irresistible invitation? You know, and I only want people to rate it if they really feel that way. I just, we really need to balance out those trolls. So that's on my list. And then I also want to irresistibly invite people to answer. Maybe February would be a good month to answer any of my love questions. So also, if you want to, you know, leave me a Valentine present, I would love to get a voice memo with you answering any of my questions about love or sharing a love story can also be a sex story, but I really love to hear what made it exciting for you. You know, I, I'm 
increasingly curious to know what people's heightened moments are, but it's not just like favorites. Favorites are such hard questions, but it's like, what was a time you felt really nourished in a hot connection? What was a time you felt, you know, I mean, you hear the types of questions I like to ask people. I love the idea of like single five minute snippets like that. Maybe I don't know anything else about the person, although I do hope they introduce themselves in the voice memo so we get like a flavor of who we're hearing from. But I want more voice memos. I want more stories. I want more collaborators. And I am going to pre-write songs for Mission 69. I think I have a musical collaborator that I am going to get to work with a little bit, just a play friend, and we'll see where that goes. So still work. Mission 69 is back, back, back burner, but still working on that sci-fi sex ed musical to get songs about how to have the conversation stuck in our heads so we can make the world a sexier, more loving place so we can all lead better laid lives so that those of us who did not get comprehensive sex ed have a 96-minute feature film crash course that's also entertaining. That has always been behind all of this. At my core, I am always a filmmaker and a performer and just a creative person, but also I love creating slutty content and photo shoots because to me that's the everyday version of getting to live out that dream, right? I find it incredibly gratifying to work on smaller projects I have control over where I can directly relate to other people in kind of like the mainstream entertainment industry. I felt like a lot of the projects, whether I was an actor, whether I was a director, producer, or like helping people with their projects, I feel like it's rare to get, or it's like the very highest levels are where you're finding all the people who are friends, who are working in synergy, where the energy is all good, where the vibe is good, where everyone believes in the project. I feel like a lot of the commercial stuff, people are like, yeah, it's kind of shitty. And it's like, I don't want to spend my life on that. I love spending my life on passion projects that make money, right? <laughs> I'm like, why are they separate? Why are they called? Pa- why do passion projects have to inherit? What is this narrative about starving artists? You know, why? Why do the commercial films get so watered down? Why? Have, I don't want to spend my life working on stuff I don't believe in personally. And then in terms of writing, I have here on my, is this a bucket list or is this now a work to do list? I don't know. But I am sending six to nine query letters for explicit submission, one year of perfect sex, and also having some opportunities to have a couple of like excellent writer friends, editor friends to have eyes on it because I love all my hot journal entries. Episode 70, formerly known as Ass Whore Origin Story, but now renamed, is my first journal entry from my former relationship with my master, who I journaled about every session for that first year. And so that is a 67,000 word manuscript right now. And I have not really been making efforts to get it published, but I just spoke to someone that was like, what? What do you mean? Eat, pray, love meets 50 shades of gray, but real life, what? So I'm getting encouraged heavily. So I'm working on all of that. And then I really want to have like an erotic book club or writing club or maybe both movie club, all of it. I either want to find one, maybe make one. I don't know. Do I want to be in charge of another thing? Not really. But like, do I want to do that so strongly? Yes. Maybe there's one out there and I just need to research and line up schedules. Or maybe I can do like a little short form version or a one-off for my birthday in April. I don't know. We'll see. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for February. It's too many things. It's always too many things. But I am unafraid of changing my mind. And I am very open to all the deliciousness that comes my way. And, you know, living a life where I can pivot as needed. Love it. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra. 
but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities. All thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. So, on to some listener emails. We have stories, we have celebrations, and we have questions. So we're going to start with some questions. This one is from P, and the subject is getting comfy in front of the camera. And P writes, Wyo. I love listening to your podcast while I'm at work and also driving to and from work. Thank you. You're welcome. I love that. I love how many people listen to sex stories, aka now known as X stories at work. I love it so much. I know you are a photographer and I was wondering how you get your subjects relaxed in front of the camera. I want to gift my partner some sexy pics for Valentine's Day, but I'm feeling shy and excited and I wondered if you have some pointers. I appreciate you, Pete. Well, concretely speaking... When I am working with other people, it kind of depends on them, right? So I feel into people, I find their comfort levels, and I really work to match their energy and go from there. 
Everyone is different. I also don't know if you are asking because you're taking your own pictures or working with a photographer. So I will answer in all ways because I do both for myself. So when I'm being only the photographer and working with a client who has hired me, I figure out what they want first. For me, I'm like goals. So if you have a goal, I think it's always helpful to share that with your photographer. If you're totally scared and you're like, can't see straight when you're with them, that's when selecting a great photographer is the first and foremost important thing, right? So if you're hiring someone, you got to be able to trust them. Don't give your money to anyone who you don't trust, especially if it's something intimate like this. I don't know if you're wanting to be fully nude. I don't know if you're wanting to do like lingerie, boudoir, implied nudes. You know, I don't know why they're called implied nudes because it's like you are naked in most of the pictures. You're just covering up bits. So it's like, is that an implication or is it just framing? But I guess it's not as good to say framed nudes, sensorly framed nudes. So first things first, figure out what you want. Find a photographer in your area if you're wanting to work with someone who is in your price range. Have a call with them if they're open to that or like look at their online presence enough to see if you like their vibe. If you can get a word of mouth recommendation, that is the way that I get most of my clients. So I had someone recently be like, but you don't post online. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't participate in social media right now. I know I should. I know I should. But I also have such a great trickle through of clients. And some of those are podcast people. A lot of them also are just recommendations, right? And so find someone, if you know anyone who has taken those pictures, great. The first step is making sure that you're comfortable with the person you're co-creating with, right? Like any any intimate situation. I do think photography, whether you're taking a LinkedIn portrait, a family portrait, wedding portraits, or an intimate or erotic shoot, it is an intimate interaction. I learned all of the skills that I use on this podcast, talking to people about personal things. If I'm talking to a creative client or a dating coaching client, like it, photography is intimacy work, holding space for someone in that way. If they're doing a good job, you know, it should be comfortable for you, especially if you're paying someone. So then day of, you know, do you have an outfit that makes you feel good? Are you baseline comfortable enough with yourself to allow yourself to be vulnerable in front of a lens? Are you working with someone who's rushing you through and making you do like, the same one, two, three, boom, boom, boom poses that they do for all their boudoir clients? Or are you working with someone who is capturing your personal energy? For me, when I meet someone, I have to know their goals because I can't really do anything without a goal. I feel into them. And then when I shoot, I try to make it so that they energetically line up with the visual 2D image that I'm capturing if it's stills, or I try to kind of like capture their curves and use the camera if I'm doing video to tell the story of whatever it is we're capturing, right? So a masturbation, I mean, when I'm on a tripod shooting myself, it's a different situation. But a masturbation is not all like genitals, genitals, genitals. It's like, what are they feeling now? What does their face look like? What are they experiencing? And how do I tell that story through the camera? So if you're working with a professional, find someone who's a storyteller, find someone who makes you feel comfy. And concretely, this is what I do with my clients. So once they've hired me, once we're in the studio, once the clothes or not clothes are picked out, once the setting is there, once we've either rented a location or I have them in studio, you know, wherever it is, the most important thing you can do is to remember to fucking breathe before you start shooting. True with actors, true with all performers, the best actors are really in touch with their breath. Anyone who meditates out there, you know, you get it. Anyone who does yoga, you get it. You know the importance of breath and breath work and connecting to each other through breath. 
before every podcast recording, I make people, whether we're in person or across the miles through screens, I say, okay, let's take a deep breath together now. And I have them do it with me and I do a long one. And I will tell you what I do as a photographer. So, and this is, again, across the board, any kind of portrait, any amount of clothes. If it's a regular headshot, I have them stand up. If we're doing boudoir, they can be comfy wherever they are. I tell them to close their eyes, get really relaxed. If they're standing, if it's for a portrait, I have them imagine a string pulling their spine nice and long, radiating out through their heads. I tell them to have roots or strings going down through their feet, through their toes, down into the earth. If it's a repeat client that's allowed in my home studio, then I have them imagine going seven stories down all the way deep into the earth. If we're in an Airbnb or a peer space or some other location that they have set up, then we, you know, just have them imagine down into the ground, whatever is there, but to the earth as a grounding technique. I have them let the breath drop into the belly and I tell them to just feel relaxation. I coach people on where to put their hands and arms because otherwise it's sort of like this in a picture or they're like this or they're this or they're this or they're this or they're this. And so I really have people open their hearts. I tell them to, as their eyes are still closed, if they're standing, squeeze a walnut between their shoulder blades in the back. Let everything drop down. Stay in rhythm with that breath. Keep feeling, keep breathing, keep those eyes closed. Because sometimes people will like close their eyes once and then open it. I'm like, no, no, this is where you let go of control. And it's interesting because I developed this, I guess in line with it, but really truly before I got super kinky. Although, you know, so I'm wondering, now I'm listening, I'm like, oh, this is sort of like a ritual. And it was based off of all of my breathwork experience as an actor. So as they're standing there breathing, I'm like, okay, now let your tongue relax, let your lips relax, let your cheeks relax, let your lips, ear lobes, eyelids, let everything get nice and relaxed, relax that forehead. A lot of people hold tension in their forehead or their eyebrows or they're doing these things or they have an idea of how they want their face to look, which is not usually how they look in real life. And so they're creating all this tension. If someone is really, really tense, I make them wiggle. <laughs> I do it with them, but I'm like, just do a little bounce. You know, depending if they know that I'm a wiggler, then I will be like, wiggle with me. But if they are not familiar with the parts of me that have been wiggling every day since my 30th birthday, ooh, coming up on five years ago this April, you know, I'll just be like, bounce with me. Okay, let your... And I get them loose in their body. Like, that is what I do. Do I do this with myself every time before I shoot? No. Would I benefit from it? Probably. Am I pretty relaxed when I'm self-shooting? Yeah. Can I do it on camera while I'm shooting? Yeah. But I've also been shooting myself in various amounts of clothing since I was 17 off and on, but really consistently since 2016. So I have people get fully relaxed and then I have them take one more deep breath in. If I'm just doing a regular portrait, I let it all the way out. I say, open your eyes, look at me and do nothing. And you can tell if, if someone is like already trying to control or like going into a big smile, <laughs> I make them do it all over again. This is also actually separate from how I am a photo dom, but my photo dom self developed because I realized as a producer, as a director, as a photographer, and just a general project manager of any creative, like whether I was, I don't do this anymore, but I used to design people's books. I designed their websites. I would do like graphic design work. I was always in charge. Like I'm, I'm holding space for people constantly and like creating a container and being really, really clear on like what needs to go in that container and what I need from them to do my job. So finally I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to be in charge, then I might as well do it, right? But I'm still developing all of my technical skills as a dominatrix. I mean, I'm getting better with impact play and all of that stuff. And I do bring that into a photo dom session. But like, it's basically in-person JOI. Sometimes I use toys on, like impact toys on them, if that's part of our agreement, depending on what they want. 
and then I capture it erotically for the witnessing. And that is so hot. But if I'm just doing a regular portrait, it doesn't matter either way, right? I'm in charge. I need you to breathe. I need you to trust me enough. And so that's why I think the, tr the, the two-way trust. And here's the thing. If you get a messy photographer, maybe someone who's like in school or just trying to build up their portfolio or whatever, shoot enough and like one out of every 10 or 20 pictures will be good. You don't need that many for Valentine's Day presents. Like the basic thing is just like shoot a lot and you'll try. Not everything has to be this complicated, but ideally you're working with someone who you feel safe with. And if you need to bring a friend to feel safe, especially, you know, there are a lot of people that like working with me because I'm a female photographer, especially other assigned female at birth people feel really comfy with me. And so I feel like as long as you're with someone you can trust or if you don't know yet because you just haven't had the time to get to know them or, or maybe they don't do phone calls or maybe you're like, oh, their work is so beautiful, but what's their personality like? I definitely have had terrible photo shoots in terms of like the experience as a subject with photographers where I was like, I don't ever want to give that person my money again. But yes, there's some pretty pictures there, but like there is a lot of tension. I, that's not how I like to work. If you're in that situation, bring a friend. Bring a friend who's supportive, who will not distract you. How do I say that in the positive? Who will help you stay focused on your goals and who really is able to be there to let go of their own weird photo hangups. Because I have also had people bring friends to their photo shoots and I was like, this would have been a way better shoot if your friend wasn't here getting in the way all the time. You know, so be really selective about who you allow into that intimate space. Those are my recommendations if you're working with another photographer. And then also just make sure that the photographer will return the photos to you in a timeline that you need. Make sure you communicate about that ahead of time. Make sure you're clear on what you're getting. I give people all of the photos, especially now. I You have to pay extra for me to do post. You want me to go through and delete the derp faces? You have to pay extra. You want me to do your editing? You have to pay extra. I have some great, great, great editors. I also believe that like, fuck around with it on your phone. But like, I'm not big on Photoshop personally. I don't Photoshop any of the images that I put on OnlyFans, like I'm like, cellulite is normal. Like we can get angles that minimize it if you want that. But like your body is beautiful. Everyone has bumps and curves and like, it's all about creating angles that make you feel good. Right. And it's about capturing the energy that is like excellent for you. And I will say when it comes to self-shooting, I get a lot of funny angles because it depends on my mood. Right. And I, this is the first month that I have been like truly working with a couple of clients who we have enough of a personal connection that like at the location, they're like, yeah, and if you want to shoot yourself in between my looks, like while well, I'm getting ready, so, you know, so I can shoot myself really fast. I shoot myself on a tripod. I have a method that I use with my camera. I really like two to three second intervals if I'm using an intervalometer on the camera. So I've set up the little timer. I shoot it on Canon 5D Mark IV. I would definitely get into some mirrorless stuff. Like I would definitely love someone to spend thousands of dollars to get some art lenses that I want, some new, you know, I have a lot of toys that I want. I can be kind of a tech nerd, but I also have equipment that works wonderfully. So I set my shots up on the tripod and most of my stuff, I have fun doing strip teases. It also depends on what I'm, what my goal is, right? Lately, I've been trying to take more pictures of Wyo with clothes on so that people can see that I am a photographer and consultant, creative consultant, not just like, basically I had a lot of issues with Banks, Stripe, etc. being like, oh, a naughty sex worker. Oh, it's naked. Oh, it loves erotic naked things. Oh, we have to take away its accounts. We have to censor it. So I am really making a concerted effort to put my safe for work self out in all the public places and then to leave the naughty stuff 
behind paywalls and or on FetLife, because that seems like the safest way for me to exist in the world right now, because I, I don't want my reach to get squished. And then, you know, once I have all of the willing collaborators for my future sex stories, the deepest sex stories where I get to film them and I get to be like, tell me about the sensations you love as I touch you and offer you sensations and we'll do real time recap and we can do the safe for work negotiation and recap before and after. I don't know if that's safe for work enough for YouTube, but like something can live on Pornhub, something can live on YouTube and then we'll just find all the naked things until we get there or maybe even when we get there. I mean, Wiley.com has gotten an upgrade this month because I have had the opportunity to do some shoots in clothes in between shooting these other people, right? And it's so hit or miss for me. Like, depending on how much time I have to, like, set up a shot and reset it up, you know, sometimes I'll do little, like, tests for myself. I'm telling you the complicated version of how I shoot myself on a tripod with a big camera. If I just have my phone on me and say I'm, like, in a hotel room traveling or find a cute bathroom if I'm at a nice restaurant or something, I use a time-lapse app. I use Skyflow. They do not, I don't have an affiliation with them. I don't know that they let, whatever, they probably didn't set up for nudes. I think it's only available on iOS unless they have updated, I think a year or two ago I checked and it was not on Android, so sorry. But a time-lapse app where I can download stills. And so you have to make sure that you set the frame rate high enough. But if you're really just getting started, I would recommend doing the mirrored version. I like to use the other camera because it's higher quality and I can just grab frames from it. I shoot it in 4K and then I crop it and I play with it and whatever. I'll set that one to be a little more, like instead of two or three seconds, I'll do 0.5 seconds or 0.8 seconds or one second, depending on how long I want to shoot for and what I want to do. And I put on a song I like and I think about what I want to feel in my body and then I just explore in the space. And I usually am setting up in a location I find inspiring. I haven't done like... For a while, it was a lot of funny outdoor shoots or things like, I don't know. I think about the tractors all the time. I have so many funny shoots with tractors, but I fucking love the tractors. So like getting naked on a tractor for me is very funny or like like doing kind of like a hot erotic thing like by the boysenberry bushes or like by dirty stuff. Like I really like that contrast, you know, but if you're in a beautiful space, if you're wanting to show off a top, if you're wanting to like show your partner a certain part of you, give yourself permission to just play by yourself. You can also shoot a video on your camera and then just screenshot frames from it. You know, you can, and that's a little harder if you're only doing it on mobile because it's harder to scroll. I find it very difficult. I really feel like I perhaps was not built for this 3D human world. Like I'm like, did I come from somewhere else? Am I an alien? I don't know. I know we all kind of feel like that to some degree, or at least like here, maybe I just attract the other aliens. I'm not sure, but put on a nice song, make sure you're, yeah, whether you're alone or with a photographer, I forgot to mention music, you know, you control the music. What makes you feel good? What makes you feel sexy? And also if you don't know, because I go through phases where I'm like, I don't even know what songs make me feel good right now. And those old ones remind me of other stuff. Blah, blah, blah. You know, give yourself permission to discover something. Give yourself some time to just kind of like meditate on this and, and let it be luxurious. Let yourself enjoy the process. And then the background stuff, right? A lot of people feel really good when they've been groomed. Can you go to the spa? Can you sit in a hot tub? Can you take a hot shower or bath? Like whatever it is that makes you feel clean and good and happy and like ready to show yourself off. I think personally, being witnessed through a lens, I have had the opportunity to see maybe even more so sometimes than on sex stories. I don't mean they're very different mediums, but I've had the gift of watching through the work, the creative work that I do with people, hundreds of people transform from kind of being crinkly and nervous to like really celebrating themselves. That is the point of all of the work that I do in this world. I want to also feel gratified in it, right? Like I don't want to just give, give, give. I want to find the exchange. 
But I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I love reflecting people's beautiful parts to them. And I don't mean visually only beautiful. Like, our society is pretty fucked up, in my opinion, when it comes to beauty. But I love showing people, no matter what their body shape or size, no matter their age, no matter their whatever, like every imperfection, quote unquote imperfection, is like part of our unique, beautiful gifts. And it's in unpacking that in my own self over the last lots of years that has helped me support other people in that way more. So that's probably a longer answer than P wanted. And I probably also have other thoughts that I will think about later, but have fun. I guess that's the other big thing. It's like, just let yourself have fun and enjoy it. Okay. Now F writes, my partner shoots me down. What do I do? Hi, I've been listening to your podcast and I love hearing the stories and especially the couples together. I wish I had that with my husband. I feel like when I bring up ideas of new things I want to try, he never goes for it. He says he likes things how they are and hasn't exactly laughed at my ideas. Oh, but has been playfully dismissive or even defensive, especially when I brought up toys. Is this something you see with clients a lot? Yes. Do you have any advice how to open up the conversation? Thank you for all you do. F. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do see this with my clients who come to me for relational advice. I see in lots of couples a breakdown of communication that, like I said earlier, has to do with the more I know someone, the longer I know someone, the less I feel like it can be deeply vulnerable. Like there are certain couples that are like, yeah, no, we share everything. We talk about everything. We do everything. We want to recap everything. Those tend to be the people that we hear about on podcasts that are having a great sex life. I know communication is difficult for a lot of the rest of us. You know, I'm a great example of a person that loves talking about sex and I can still clam up, especially with a new person. And I've found that in new connections, if I'm leading the way with, you know, certainty and relaxed assurance of like, oh yes, this is how I talk about sex. That is a subtle form of an irresistible invitation for them to match me, right? And when I'm crinkly and nervous and scared, and then I like get really worked up about how I'm going to say it and I say it and then they get crinkly and scared, you know? So I think step one, no matter the connection, is I have to remember that my animal body telegraphs physical signals that I may not be conscious of to the other animal bodies. You know, so I would first clock the tension in my own body if I was going to talk to a partner, especially if I had a partner that was, I mean, I, okay, so my first boyfriend, love him to death. We are great friends. But when I was 22, I had terrible communication skills, really terrible communication skills. And I have a tendency to like, when I have something serious or important to this day, this causes problems in my relationships because I sound, I get kind of focused and I get, you know, I've been described as cold, hard pointy, rude, mean, far away. And it's because I'm trying so hard to stay calm about this thing that feels really high stakes for me. And I forget to add the human element, right? Because my my natural disposition, you know, people are like, wow, you're so friendly. You're so excited. I am excited. I am excitable, especially when it comes to sex. And I do love people and I get really wound up by them. But when I am not making an effort for people, and that's why being around people costs me a lot of energy. So I don't just go out for fun. I don't just do social things for fun because it costs me energy. And I like to save it for clients and for my work and for the podcast. Like the podcast is a lot of my social energy. I pretty much like, yeah, if I didn't add anything to my voice, this is kind of how I sound, especially if I'm focused on something and I'm just kind of thinking like it is monotone and I'm just really being thoughtful. Like if I'm processing something or really trying to understand it, like I really just drop down into my chest resonance. And it's a little bit in the back of my throat, but it's pretty relaxed. But like, I don't really sound like I care about anything. And people tend to think that I sound mad, but I'm actually just being really straightforward and really just thinking about it. Right. So I first clocked that voice 
with partners, with some of my best friends. So all of that is to say, step one, check in with your own animal body. For me, it really helps to write stuff down and or maybe to find the playful element in it. That's why I'm so obsessed with play. That's why I'm so obsessed with hearing how people play. That's why I've been increasingly obsessed with bringing fun, creative elements into sexy things and playing around with how words come out of my mouth. Maybe you have noticed there's a vowel sound I've become really obsessed with in the past, mm, I don't know, eight, nine, ten months. It's the way that I say no. And, I, and I've been bringing that more playfully into my vowels and working on just like not saying no, because that's by saying yes. And what about this? Yes. And what about that? And it does. It costs effort. And I also understand that people don't necessarily want to do the emotional labor, especially I don't know if F has a husband. I don't know if F is also a husband or if F is a wife, but I'm going to go ahead and guess wife. <laughs> you can tell me F if I'm wrong. But I know that oftentimes the people who are assigned female roles are more heavily burdened with emotional labor. I'm a person that has always liked figuring out. And also when you are in a brain and body that is socialized to notice more, to kind of like respond more and to like also have, you know, they say that women's have the hunter gatherer brain. So they're like looking for stuff. They're sitting in circles around the fireplace, like working, talking together. Whereas the men's are the single focused hunters that go out and stay side by side so they're not necessarily as good at noticing all the things but also we can all work on everything right so i would say if you were a person where you feel exhausted by the amount of emotional labor that you're already performing that's a tough place to come from but if you have a partner that is shooting you down it's a really good opportunity to get curious without knowing more details about your relationship and the dynamics really hard for me to give specifics but just noodle brainstorming off the top of my head i would imagine things like observing so keeping it just in the observational and loving and playful like babe i know that you love things the way that they are i do too you know maybe you don't though like maybe you maybe it's like i love having sex with you i love being intimate with you i have oh in this book that i just read by wednesday martin untrue which has a lot of parts and pieces i find very interesting she talks about how women actually do have a great need for novelty in many cases and between reading that book and Vanessa and Xander Marin's sex talks, well, first of all, I do recommend that book for you, for F. F, go read sex talks, because there are literal scripts in there to open up those conversations. And Vanessa is a real therapist, not just someone who has been studying subjects for years, but actually working one-on-one -on -one with clinical patients through the more professional lens. I am a peer counselor, right? Like, I don't have a therapy background degree. Well, I mean, I do have a therapy background in terms of my own personal participation in therapy. And I am a mimic and a pattern recognizer. So all of sex stories was developed based on my years in therapy. However, I am not equipped with supporting people in trauma, right? I share too many personal details. I interrupt way too much. I don't just ask questions, although I do ask lots of questions. So I would use it as an opportunity to ask your partner some curious questions about that pattern in whatever ways are best for them. And then, you know, maybe this is a chance to offer an irresistible invitation and maybe I know that also I have a lot higher rate of success when I'm like, I really, 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 really want this thing, you know, with a partner on the phone recently. Like it's someone where I'm constantly like, oh, they're really busy. Do they have time for me? Do I like them more than they like me? I don't know. But on the last phone call where we were connecting, I was like, I really, I've been so good. I've been doing so much work and I really, 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 really want to be allowed to have my mouth on you for a long, long time. And they were like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> you know, and I'd been feeling shy because I'm like, we have such a limited amount of time to see each other to ask for more time almost feels transgressive to me. So I tend to look for playful ways to do things. Again, every partner is different. I imagine it would be really tough if I was getting dismissive responses. And again, here's where I'm like, what kind of dismissive are you like? Is it mean? Is it still kind of loving? And in terms of toys, you know, I know that is threatening for some people. And unfortunately, we live in a society where certain circles, I mean, toys are for pleasure. Toys give a completely different type of stimulation than body parts can. I'm a person who loves hands, right? I will often forget about my toys, but I love having a partner that wants to use toys on me. It was harder for me to bring up with partners until I was like, I just like novelty. I just like trying different things. I want to see what it feels like when you hold the toy, you know, and so really couching it in my own desire, especially if I am interacting with a penis owner or someone who, you know, is maybe a little out of their depth with the intimate things that we're exploring, bringing them into it and allowing them to be kind of like the one to help me do the thing has been really helpful. I don't know if this is a situation like, no, we can't budget to spend money on toys or whatever, but I think that I have found the most success in invitations where I am illustrating a desire for a strengthening of the connection we already have, right? So not everyone wants closer connection. Not everyone wants different sex, but it's like, babe, I love the sex we're having. Or like, babe, I have loved the sex that we've had and I'm curious about more. Like, I want to have horizons. I want to feel this way. I wonder what might open up if you're coming from a fully desire-led place. And if there's still a no, I don't know. Maybe you do need outside support for that. But maybe it's also just a matter of asking the right questions, right? You know, and at the same time, this is where I always tell people who ask me questions like this who are partnered, I'm not partnered. I have not been in a, like, primary sort of partnership situation in almost a decade. Like, not quite, but like eight years. <laughs> like, I haven't committed. I've been like, mm, yeah, I'll serve you. Okay. Yes, we can keep seeing each other. Yes, I love having a play friend. I like consistency. I'll show up. But I haven't been in, you know, a relationship that has a lot of the structures of, I assume from this, the frame of this writing that you are monogamous. Otherwise, you could just go play with toys with partners who want that. So yes, for anyone out there, especially in a heteronormative relationship who's looking to open up conversations with partners, I do think the book Sex Talks by Vanessa and Xander Marin could be helpful. That was eye-opening. Like, I was sort of horrified reading it the last couple months because I was like, wait, this is a norm? Wait, this happens often enough that they're writing about it? You know, because I tend to work with a lot of couples who are working on getting to the next level of fantasy, who are exploring polyamory, who are kinky and wanting to like talk about it and or who want a witness, right? Half the time, couples just want to record a private episode of sex stories for themselves because I do not record couples anymore. It's too hard for my brain. But if all I have to do is like listen and facilitate, great. But if I'm trying to like actually interview people for the benefit of other listeners, like there's something about how my focus brain works. This is the same part of me that has a really struggly time, like hanging out in a group, having fun because it's so many stimuli, especially over the computer. It's too hard. It's too hard to listen. And, you know, even Kat and Joshua, like that's a more professional oriented one. They were great. They were great to talk to. But it's like very overstimulating for me. So I would rather have like one-on-ones than with couples. But all of that is to say, you know your partner best. And I think when we are close with people, we can all do each other a service to figure out what curious questions to ask each other. What irresistible invitations will we pose? You know, and so 
let me know. Um, thank you for writing. Keep keep us posted. Next, we have an email from F. This one does not have a subject, I don't think. Hello, Wyo. My name is S, and I absolutely love your podcast because it is slowly opening my eyes to a new world. I was definitely a 10 on the shame meter Oh, I haven't actually talked to a shame. A shame? A 10. Not yet. And it's becoming less. Congrats. I have a topic for you that I'm hoping you might be able to shed light on. I'm a 32-year-old cis male, thank you for introducing yourself, who is married and identifies as straight. The only issue is, am I really straight? I ask this because I really enjoy looking at other guys' dicks. The different sizes, shapes, and colors. I like, oh, me too. I like it so much, I want to feel them in my hands, inspect them, measure them, and potentially jerk someone off. But that's about it. I've tried sucking dick twice. Oh, good for you! Yes! I fucking love that. You're like, maybe, let me explore. I've tried sucking dick twice, and I know for a fact I don't enjoy it. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you know after two times. I've definitely heard the three-time rule from multiple people, so I'm just going to throw that out there, not pressuring you. I thought I would because I thoroughly enjoy eating pussy. Hmm. Okay, well, here's a question. What about assholes? Completely unrelated, but like everyone has an asshole. Have you come across dudes like me? Is this a kink? I don't find men attractive. I just really want to see all their dicks. I've been this way since I can remember. I'm interested in doing an interview with you. It's something you would be interested in noodling on together. Thank you for your time, S. Okay, first of all, anyone who wants to do an interview... Sexstoriespodcast.com will take you directly to the page. So apply to be a guest if you want to talk about any of these things on pod or just like leave me a little voice memo if you don't want to do a full episode together. But like I love, yes, all you have to do if you want to be a guest is apply to be a guest via wiley.com, sexstoriespodcast.com, xstoriespodcast.com. They all lead to the same place. And you can look at the questions there ahead of time, browse them, peruse them. I am doing a more streamlined version of X stories so that people can kind of like pick and choose if they want to talk about relationships or love or other things. Obviously, I always want to hear about sex. But S, I don't know. I'm not the authority on your sexuality. I don't know if that's, I mean, I'm sure for some people that would qualify as a kink. I think it sounds hot. I think it's a personal part of you that it sounds like it turns you on. Maybe like I can't tell from this email. Let's see. Let's reread it. Am I really straight? Uh... I like it so much. I want to feel them in my hands, inspect them, measure them. Oh my God. Are you in Los Angeles? Should we measure penises together for measure a penis day? We could just measure them for the, maybe you should get, I mean, go talk to one condoms. Maybe you should just be their <laughs> official penis measurer. I also would like, just from hearing this, like I would totally ask you if we were on pod together, like you don't like them in your mouth, but you want to jerk them off. That is hard for me to like, I want to put my mouth everywhere. I'm like, my mouth is my hands. And I also am more self-conscious about hand jobs because I don't know how it feels. So I really like it if a partner helps me with hand jobs. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, you get to decide, right? It's, I'll just throw out some experiments that I would decide. Like, and also how important is the label to you? You know, I definitely have a lot of people who are like, no, 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 but I'm straight, but I'm straight, but I will suck a cock, but I'm straight, but I'm straight. And that's true for them. That's fine. Sometimes people call that heteroflexible. I've, I recently talked to someone who identified as bi-comfy. You know, maybe you are just a penis toucher. Maybe you're a penis voyeur. Is that a coxman? A true coxman? Here's my question. Is it something that would increase your arousal level if you were engaged in, you know, coitus with your partner? <laughs> coitus? I don't know. Yes. Um, like if you were fucking your wife and you also had a dick in your hand, would that bring your arousal to the next level? Does that make you not straight? 
I don't know. I think we're all a little queer. I'm not saying straight people don't exist. I do think I have established that they do after this month. I think that was like a recent establishment. But I think what I'm curious about is how would the answer affect you if it's like, yeah, no, dude, you're not straight. I'm always down to like have more people on, you know, the team of the rainbow flag. Like I think also on a very practical note, if we're thinking about sex parties, it's always more fun to have people that are just down to play. I think the important thing here for me, and you know, if I were talking to you as a client or talking to you just on pod, is like, do you feel more expressively yourself if you identify as queer? Is that does that boost you up? Does that make you feel more sexy? Is it something that would feel scary, thrilling, scary? You know, I, I I'm really curious about why you have this question. Have I ever heard from anyone else that was specifically like, I really want to touch and see cocks and I'll have them in my hands, but not my mouth? I think you're the first. Maybe now we'll hear from more. Maybe there are other people out there like you. I'm always also imagining a very specific, like, like when I read this, the image that came into my head was like, you, maybe me if I'm there, a line of glory holes or maybe glory holes of all like heights. Because I also have been imagining a wall of glory holes with like steps leading up to them because I'm like, Having cocks at all different levels is interesting to me too, right? Like what if someone's taller? Like what if I get the below part that I can't reach as well? Or what if I, and are there glory holes that also have like big enough holes for balls to come through? Can people put balls only through glory holes? This is where my brain starts to wander. Yeah, but I just had that vision of like just touching them. You know, and here's my other question for you. Does how the penis owner feels about you looking or touching affect you? Do you get a spark of arousal if they like it? Or does that turn you off or feel scary? You know, um, like, do you prefer it to be more neutral? Do you wish that you could be like just an invisible toucher? Or do you like that you would turn on a penis owner? Yeah, so I think we could get specific about your arousal. I think it'd be fun to hear those answers. And I would love to hear from anyone else who has, you know, specific things like this. And I wonder if there's anyone out there who's like, I don't like looking at them or touching them with my hands, but I do like them in my mouth. You know, is there your opposite out there? That would be a very fun play exploration. The three of us and a bunch of penises together. <laughs> okay, that's pretty much the end of email questions. I did have one. <laughs> this is kind of answered in this podcast, I feel like. But I had a IRL client. So someone I was working with on set was like, why don't you talk about your work more on the podcast? This was a listener who is a deep listener. And I was like, I thought I did. <laughs> um, and that, and I, I think I am making more of an effort. I think they are not caught up on the last couple months. Like starting in December, I've been doing episodes like this to tell people about all the things that arouse me related to work, related to connection, related to erotic work and play. For me, it is all connected. I think part of it is that I historically have overwhelmed people in this very specific, I'm, I'm starting to understand my own work kink more. I talked about this on the Patreon update, but like, I love my work. My work turns me on in many ways, many less, like sometimes specifically sexually, erotically, I want to go fuck after the work. Sometimes it's more of like the general turn on of full body artistry. And then like, there also have been so many moments in my quote unquote personal life. Maybe this is why I don't want a personal, I'm doing air quotes, bunny ears, boyfriend or girlfriend, because they just want me to pay attention to them instead of them paying attention to my work. And I'm like, if you don't have a relationship 
with my work, if you don't want to noodle on like sexy things, and if you don't want to hear about the podcast or all my crazy ideas, you do not belong inside of my mouth or hands or vagina. No, thank you. I want someone who cares about the same things I care about. And I think I feel that same level of sensitivity about my work. I don't want to tell people about my work if they don't want to hear about it. That's unconsensual and I feel shy. And I've had enough experiences in my personal life where I could just see the glaze happen. And I overwhelm people with words, right? I can talk for this long and just go and noodle and have fun. Not everyone's like that. So I think I have a work-related shame-o-meter that I am unpacking. And I think it's because I've been high on that shame-o-meter in ways that are like slightly unconscious and I'm only becoming clear of. I think I'm in a new era where with podcasting, I'm like, yes, also here's all the other slutty things that I do. I think also some of it has been like fear of censorship, fear of sharing too much in the wrong ways and places. I had early on in the podcast, I shared too much real-time stuff right away and it led to some terrible, weird backlashes that felt very strange of like a partner of a partner got information about the partner and there were lies happened. And I wasn't related to any of it. I was just sharing my personal experience, but because they knew who they were, because there was a breach of privacy, I think that just clamped me up for a while too. And also I just really would rather talk about work stuff with people who want to hear work stuff, but also I would rather have more people who really like all my work stuff and want to support it. So yeah, I guess I do need to tell people more about OnlyFans and Patreon and all of the amazing ways that you can work with me, both as a creative consultant, whether you're writing or working with a partner or doing relationship-based stuff or dating coaching. I don't really like going out to eat unless I'm with my sister. Like restaurants can be overwhelming on a date, like on a real date, on a social outing, especially if I don't know the person well. Restaurants are so overstimulating. I go to restaurants to pay attention to food and to eat and to really enjoy it. And like my sister and I are such foodies. That is a pleasure. That is a non-sexual turn on for me. So the last few, especially fancy dates I went on, it's just a distraction from the food. And then I have to like make polite conversation. It's so much effort and energy and there's clinking and waiters and interruptions and people, you know, and it's a lot. Like if I can hyper-focus on the food and then like I already know the person we have a relationship established, easy, great, fun. Otherwise, you literally have to pay me to go on a date. I'll go on a practice date and I will do the date behaviors or I'll sort of like talk other people through what can make it a good date. But I also really try to steer people away from restaurants because those can be some of the most boring dates in the whole wide world, right? Talk about opposite of creative, unless it's a very specific type of restaurant. So why don't I talk about my work more? I don't know. I think I am. (laughs) Okay. Now some thoughts and celebrations from Jay. Heard that letter about the one guy getting awful using a vacuum. Yes. Oh my God. I didn't tell you this because this was another, I did. I tried the vacuum. I tried it on my nipple, both nipples. I did just the circle part. Like I took off the attachments and I opened up the circle part from my like ground part. (laughs) You can tell I really know a lot about vacuums. Very technical. Um, But I had the circle. First, I put it on my nipple too strong to just directly. I was like, oh, but if I made kind of a circle with my hands like this and put it around the nipple. So it was kind of like doing this pattery thing. I was like, oh, I like that's powerful. You know, so same with my pussy. I didn't put my pussy directly on it. I did it through these kind of like thick knit sweatpants that I have. They're not exactly sweatpants, but they're like knit pants that the comfy pants I wear around the home. Very cozy. And when it was like all on my pussy, like just like suctioned on, it was like impossible too much. But when I would pull it out, it would do this sort of like 
thing with the fabric that would create this like strong vibration around my clit. And I was just like standing up doing it to test <laughs> just because I was curious and also because like B was asking me. And that was very hot. Like it was very hot because it, it does create a strong suction and vibration. So it was almost like having a vibrator, like a magic wand vibrator mixed with the suction that I've encountered before from like a penis pump, very different from pussy pump because it's a smaller opening, but like with some more like around it. And that was hot. So I think my vacuum is a little too strong to do. Like it required a lot of um, me paying attention and active whatever. But I think if I had either a chill or vacuum or someone else were like facilitating it so I could be a little more chill and not like feel so on top of myself, it would have been even more pleasurable. So, okay, back to Jay's reflection. Heard about that letter from the one guy getting off while using a vacuum. The piece of advice my father gave me was never stick your dick, my words, not his, in a vacuum and turn it on. <laughs> Wait, for reals? You actually got a specific <laughs> cock-related vacuum advice. I I wonder if anyone else got that. And I also would love to compare it to like vacuum-related advice pussy owners get growing up. <laughs> As there was a risk of injuring yourself to such a point that you could no longer get it up by blowing out the vein that carries blood. Okay. Interesting. Is that true or is that a dadism? Suffice to say, it never took my folks Panasonic canister vac and went to town before or after that. Now, clearly my dad couldn't have done that and injured himself as I or my three other siblings wouldn't be alive. It sounds like an urban legend. Okay. Yeah. Maybe some dad advice. Otherwise, I have no idea where he heard this in the 60s and 70s, but I'll never forget being told that as a kid, pretty much out of the blue, while he was driving. Oh my god, parents love to drop stuff on us while, we're dri while they're driving because you're stuck, you're trapped. The point is, it's a risky move, both medically speaking and making the 911 call no one wants to make. <laughs> I hope that even if you injured yourself cockwise on a vacuum, that you would be okay. Caution is always, you know, important, and that's why it's risk-aware sex or safer sex, not safe sex. There's no such thing as safe anything. We're humans in an unpredictable world. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I fucking, I love vacuum stuff. I love hearing people's kinks. I fucking love it. Thank you, Jay, for that, <laughs> for that snippet. Okay, this is from A. Hi, after listening to more than 60 of your podcasts, I wanted to reach out to you and let you know how much of a great job I think you're doing. Thank you. I'm a 46-year-old female that first masturbated after the age of 40. <gasps> wow, congratulations. Six years in, I, I hope it's going well. I've always had tons of questions, and I still do. There's tons of things that I would like to try, but I feel or felt very ashamed. Relatable, relatable. Also, as we've heard in previous letters and have had previous experiences, sometimes people do kind of like their own shame backlashes on us, and it can get uncomfy. A number of your podcasts talked a lot about shame in society revolving around sex. I also wanted to thank you for bringing up those things as I feel that it's a major part of why I've not previously explored more in the sexual world. I will continue to listen to your podcast and hopefully in time I will be able to cross that bridge. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah, keep us posted. Looking forward to having some amazing sex stories to remember. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for you and I'm celebrating you and cheering you on. Remember, if you ever want to share them, apply to be a guest and or share a five minute voice memo story. And it doesn't have to be about the specifics, right? That can just be about like, oh my god, I got so turned on, I had this, I talked about this with a partner, or like, I tried this, the threesome was like this. You know, it can include the very specific sexy details, but I really love hearing the emotional frameworks that turn people on the most. Okay, now we have one from E. Hey, Wiley. Hey, E. I've been listening to your podcast for a year now, and it has been truly eye-opening for me. Thank you. Good. Wonderful. Yay. 
I'm a truck driver by trade, and I usually listen when I'm headed back home. Oh my god, I have a fantasy about doing it in the back of one of those trucks with beds, and I know, I know that I'm not supposed to go to a truck stop and try to pick up people. I know that. So I have to put myself in a situation where I find someone who has a bed in the back, you know, in those big semi-trucks, who would let me film it for my future docuseries, my slutty, slutty, deep, deepest sex stories. Maybe sex stories will just come back on Pornhub. Maybe that's what will happen, <laughs> and it'll be the, you know, the preamble, the negotiation, then the XXX fucking part where I'm exploring the sensations on them, and then the post recap where we recap together, talk about what we love, talk about the favorite parts that we would love to, you know, highlight if we were going to make it into a porno, and then the future project I would like to hire performers and turn it into a porno and use my filmmaker skills to, again, capture the emotions of that erotic energy. Because that, again, is the kind of gap for me between a lot of the porn that I see and like like I'm like bring the cinematography to the storytelling of the erotic um and there is some out there that does that and but anyway I got distracted with fantasies which is my life I'm a bisexual male married to a bisexual female hot hot you can come to the sex party and we enjoy being part of the lifestyle with each other cool I know you probably don't need words of encouragement yes I do yes I do yes I do I've learned so much about myself and how to be a much better lover by listening Fuck yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That is spreading the ripples of love in the ways that I love. The Beducated episode was one of my favorites. Me too. Also, Mariah Freya from Beducated does some great, great instructional videos on Beducated. Like, and there is an affiliate link. If you go to wiley.com slash links, there is, if you want to sign up for Beducated, go there. It supports the pod a little bit, supports Beducated, supports your lovers. And if you are on Beducated and are watching anything that you love, let me know because I've been poking my way through stuff. Anywho, E says, keep up the great work. I wish we could afford to fly out there for an erotic pregnancy photo shoot. Hot. Okay, well, if you can't, do it yourself. Just have fun. Just, like, explore. I think that would be such an incredible thing for us to experience. Maybe someday. Best wishes and can't wait until the next episode comes out. E. <gasps> Thank you. I love that. I love it so much. I also have done, like, virtual, you know, I've had people use one-on-one -on -one sessions to do kind of virtual shoots. Technically speaking, like, I would get in trouble. Well, mm, the payment processors took down. Like, I can't receive payments through Wiley.com anymore because Stripe shut down my account because they were like, you're being bad. And I think it's because they thought that the one-on-one -on -one virtual sessions that I do with clients were phone sex. But I'm like, that's on Sext Panther. What? Like, also, I'd make it way more expensive. What? <laughs> For an hour? You. So I have had people you know, use virtual sessions as a way to practice posing because I can direct you from anywhere. I just can't have my professional camera there. But depending on your webcam, depending on your phone picking up the resolution, you know, that is a possibility. Otherwise, well, now you have a tutorial about how to take pictures of yourself from earlier on. So if you take any pregnancy pictures, erotic or otherwise, bellies are hard. Like pregnant bellies, there's a very specific way to shoot them. You got to pay attention to the lenses. You got to pay attention to your background. You got to pay attention to your clothes if you have those. I've never done an erotic pregnancy shoot, only clothed ones. So if you guys do that together, I'm really curious how, how that goes for you. Thank you, E, for that message. Okay, this one is from R. I would just like to say hi. Hi! And thank you for your podcast. You have helped me understand my 17-year-old better. They came out as non-binary in 2019, and we had fights and arguments over things. And listening to you, I came to terms with being a mom of a non-binary child and the kind of world they are in now. Okay, that is 
so meaningful to the non-binary children out there, the trans kids. Like, all of my friends who are genderqueer, like, it means so much when the parents get on board. So that's, I'm fucking celebrating that. I am bisexual, I think. <gasps> Hot! As I love all, and I have an open relationship with a cross-dresser, which I believe here in the UK not a lot of wives are understanding of their cross-dressing husband. But I met his alter ego first. I've enjoyed listening and knowing I am the norm out there in the real world. Are that is so well said. Thank you for saying it that way because all of our fucking weird parts, and I mean that in the literal way, but also the figurative way, our weird parts are normal. Everyone wants to know, Am I normal? But also, everyone, at least in America, this funny individualist place is like, But can I be different too? Like, can I be normal and different? Not, I mean, yes and no, right? Like, at the same time, we are all always both. We're so normal in our unique individuality. And I think the favorite thing about sex stories, X stories, is hearing the specifics of our differences, but how that, for me, always seems to ultimately blend into larger human truths that we share. And I think that is wonderful, and it's what I love celebrating, it's what I love like doing in these conversations, these dialogues. So that is the end of our listener emails. Thank you to everyone who wrote. Thank you to all of you. I didn't get to all the messages, but thank you to everyone who sends in questions. I love answering questions. I love noodling on stuff. I love hearing your noodles. I love knowing what you're noodling about. I do love hearing encouragement about the podcast, especially because it's been a very difficult month. Like I was in screens so much this past week. It was like, shoot, screen, 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 shoot, screen, 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 screen. And the encouragement is what keeps me going because if it's just for me, I would just be fucking and getting laid more probably and not trying to capture it and not trying to talk about it. Definitely talking about it publicly has really influenced my sex life in funny ways. And I'm just so grateful for all of you who do communicate with me in these really irresistible ways. So thank you. I hope you have a great February. I hope you have great Valentine's. We are just going to leave you with a little voice memo sex story snippet from a listener. And if you want to leave one or apply to be a guest for a full episode, remember, visit sexstoriespodcast.com. Happy February! Hi, Wyo. Uh, I'd like to share a sex story called Longest Orgasm Ever. I had been edging all week. I mean, I might have accidentally leaked a small amount a couple of times, but it was Sunday night, and I had not had a proper orgasm all week. She hadn't had an orgasm in two or three weeks. Mind you, she doesn't really masturbate or make herself orgasm much, so I take pride in accountability. We definitely put in efforts in and tried Friday and Saturday, but there was coitus interruptus. So, come Sunday, 10 p.m., I had given her a pre-massage beforehand, and as we got into bed, I gave her another personal massage. And she also enjoyed a toy that went inside and vibrated, but also does an air pulse on her clit. And I slowly licked her legs and the creases and sexy parts nearby, and her butt, too. And then around her labia and her perineum, where I slowly licked and playfully, skillfully, strategically made these pulsations, and she climaxed. And then I put my penis inside with her consent and felt her orgasm. Then slowly feeling and teasing her, then just enjoying it myself in doggy style, I went in quite deep into her cervical area, then amazingly deeper still in a way 
I'd never quite before. And holding her pendulous breasts and feeling the cushion of her ass, I thrust deep rhythmically, slowly, then with more eros, more needfully. It was so good. And then I climaxed inside deep, then on her ass, everywhere. My cock was throbbing for what felt like more than a minute. It was unbelievably amazing. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.